0: belated lunar new year everyone ma'ayang ad lao. welcome back to philippine x in wellness we're bringing in the water rabbit this year for our chinois or chinais that are on the chinese astrology tip. in our last episode we started off 2023 with clinical herbalist bernadette Aguirre and learned more about her company ina botanical zenti right before the lunar new year We hope it was as eye-opening for you as it was for us to learn not only how her tea blend can get you through the day, but also how her herbal treatments can aid with both physical and mental well-being. For this month's episode, we delve into leveraging energy, healing, and intuition with Ana Salambides. I'm Cheryl Sampson-Ramirez. My preferred pronouns are she, her, sha. I'm ethnically Visayan and Chinese, currently streaming from the traditional territories and still living Chumash, Tongva, and Peach people, colonially known as Los Angeles. Philippine X and Wellness's vision is to support the wellness of the Philippine X community and our global allies through resource sharing, podcast streams, and partnerships with professionals and organizations in order to live healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives. If you're not following us already, please feel free to follow us at Philippine X in Wellness with a P ending with an X in Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter via the handle at Philippine X, the letter N, the word well, followed by the letters N and S. We honor this safe space by asking everyone to speak and listen respectfully from your heart throughout, throughout our time together. This pre-recorded session can be accessed through our Philippine Ex and Wellness YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, and now also on Spotify. We're so thrilled to give our guests wider access globally. As always, we'll be sure to answer any questions that you've sent us via our Instagram stories within our episodes. Please keep in mind that anything that is discussed is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner for your particular condition, especially before starting any exercise or new health program. Philippine X in Wellness was formed to provide a dialogue around topics that affect the wellness of our community. We're here to also highlight Philippine X individuals and organizations that are actively doing wellness work. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker, Anna Salomvides. Anna Salomvides is an energy coach and energy healing practitioner. She works remotely with clients from all over the globe to help them connect with their own inner wisdom. She believes that a deep connection to this inner guidance helps us to find the path we were meant to travel. She's trained in various energy healing modalities such as the Emotion Code, Beta Healing, and the Akashic Records. Her energy tools help clients to let go of energetic entanglements that come from outdated stories, relief, and old emotional energy. Releasing that emotional baggage helps them to discover and begin to travel their aligned and purposeful path. We would like to welcome to Philippine X in Wellness for the first time, Ana Salambides. Welcome to the podcast, Ana.
1: Hey, Cheryl. Thanks for having me.
0: So grateful to have you here. Something that we always start off with in our episodes is asking our guests where is your family from in the Philippines? As we know, we get often asked when we meet another Philippine ex individual through your parents' lineages, and where are you currently streaming from in case that's different from where you're residing at the moment?
1: Yeah, so my dad is from Batangas, and my mom is from Angola City in Pampanga. And then I was actually also born in Angeles, and I lived there till I was about five, came back to the States, went back to the Philippines when I was around eight to 13 around there. Um, And then currently I live in Daly City, California, traditional homeland of the Ohlone people. And that's also where I am streaming from.
0: Sweet, Um, we're excited to continue expanding as we launch 2023, with our folks in the Bay Area. Y'all are, as usual, holding it down up there. In this episode, we'll be literally talking about leveraging energy, healing, and intuition. So I think it's important to start off by explaining this more specifically in the context of your work as this can vary among practitioners. So Anna, just to start off, what is intuition and energy coaching in, in the context of what you do?
1: Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of different modalities and approaches to um, similar work, which is actually kind of exciting because I feel like it's such a great time to have such an abundance of access to different healing modalities and ways to support us. Um, But as an intuition and energy coach, I basically teach clients to use their intuition and how to leverage energy. So most clients, when they come to me, they're usually stuck they realize they're stuck in some sort of a pattern. Um, Sometimes that pattern can be based in emotional energy. So they might actually be able to verbalize that pinpoint and say, you know what, I find that I'm constantly angry or I'm constantly overwhelmed. Um, Or they notice other types of patterns, like at work feeling like they're an outsider or they don't feel seen or heard. And so usually there's been some legwork on their end to try to figure it out and try to resolve things. Sometimes some of those things that they might have done for themselves is to change like a work situation or some other environment that they might be in. Um, And then they find themselves in a new situation where the same pattern resurfaces. Right. And it feels like, oh, I thought I solved that. And this is still showing up. And so um, basically I leverage intuition and energy to help them solve that pattern. Um, and essentially I teach them to hear themselves again. And what I'm the way that I'm teaching folks to hear themselves is to hear their intuition, right? Sometimes we think we hear ourselves, but we're hearing thoughts and messages in our brain that are a collection really of other people's voices. And so to hear themselves again, they're really hearing their inner voice, that deeper voice within themselves, um, their heart, their gut, their body, their soul. Um, And it's that inner hearing that is there really to guide us to prevent those patterns that we find ourselves in. And then when we are in those patterns, that same intuition is the guidance that's going to help us move out of it or better understand the pattern and what we're meant to learn from it. Um, And usually what happens whenever we start to hear that inner voice, um, inevitably what happens is all of our old stuff comes up, right? So our old emotions, our old stories, past experiences that we went through, just a lot of stuff. And that stuff really has an energetic component. And so, when I say I help clients leverage energy, it's understanding the energy underneath all of those things that start to come up, right? So we're hearing our voice and suddenly we're like, I can't listen to that voice. What are people gonna think? Or I was taught to do X, Y, Z. And so it's understanding the energy behind the fear and the other voices um, and first just to notice it and then to find ways to be able to release the energetic charge behind them, the energetic entanglement behind them so that we can start to loosen how tightly wound they are in our story. Um, So that's in essence how I use intuition and energy. Does that answer your question, Cheryl?
0: Yeah, it's a really powerful thing it sounds like that you do. And also a a a method that can leave maybe do you call them clients or patients say
1: the, what was that say that again call them
0: clients or patients clients yeah I can imagine that your clients must feel also vulnerable within the process yeah. to know, how do you make them feel supported and feel like they're within a safe uh, container as they start unraveling um
1: yeah you know what's interesting is if there's something that I hear from clients, I actually had a a call with a client a month or so ago. And one thing I keep hearing from them is just feeling that sense of safety within the containers. And so even myself as a practitioner, I I feel like it's something that I just naturally do. So it's even me trying to figure out what is this formula? Because this is what people, I keep hearing, right? They keep, saying that they feel that sense of safety. And I think in essence, a big part of it is because I hear their inner voice inside of them, the little peaks that come up. Um, And beside that, right, I can hear the other voices that are layered on top. So I think in a very natural way, I'm speaking to that inner voice that maybe they haven't yet learned to speak to themselves and others and they haven't, they're not used to others also speaking to that inner part of them. And so when we start to create and have that dialogue either with ourselves or we're in um relationship with folks that know how to speak to that inner part of us as as well it just naturally creates that sense of safety um, because it's really speaking to like the truth of who we are Um, so it's just something that I think I pick up on intuitively I think just from hearing what clients say over and over and me trying to figure out okay well why did you feel safe that's sort of the essence of what I get from the responses that I hear from clients. I don't know if that made sense at all.
0: Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious to know, as I'm listening to you explain um, your modality of energy healing and using intuition, how would you differentiate between what you do and what you provide for your clients and versus going to therapy? Do you find um, your... Your method complementary to therapy or totally separate from
1: that? Um, I do have clients, a handful of clients that do both therapy and um, whether it was energy healing when that's all that I provided, and also energy coaching. Some of them are doing it concurrently, so at the same time that we're I'm supporting them, they're also getting um, therapy therapy support as well. Some clients have that in their history, so they're not. we're not really necessarily doing it in tandem. So I do see it as a complementary um, modality. Um, and so for me, I can just speak for, I really look at things from an energetic lens. I feel like with different modalities, right? We kind of speak to similar things. We just name it differently right and so the lens that I approach a lot of the work I do with clients is from the energy right helping them understand the energy underneath things I think that naturally also creates a little bit of um, allows them to take on more of the observer role if you will from their experiences Um, And I think that lends itself nicely for them to be able to then untangle from those old stories as well. So it's really approaching it from that energetic perspective um, and teaching them how powerful like an intention is, right? That energy, the energy behind our emotions and our stories, it's really an intelligent type of energy. And it's capable of listening to instruction. And that instruction is in, in the form of an intention, and so if we learn to hold an intention in a very potent way, right, we can really instruct that energy to move, to release, to, um, to process um, in different ways.
0: Well, that sounds really cool. I'd love to dive deeper and, and just hear more about that process. But I'm curious to take a step back and actually talk about your website. So in preparing for this episode, on your website, you touched briefly on your journey and how the process unfolded for you. And for those who have not seen your bio on your site, I'm curious to know if you can share your origin story. Now, how did you develop your own energy, healing, and intuition to help yourself um, or get you on this path?
1: Yeah, the story that I often tell and I've shared different versions of it depending on what the focus was, but it really started. Let's see, my daughter's in fifth grade now. And so this was like six or seven years ago when she was in preschool. So she was at a co-op preschool. Um, And at a preschool, parents typically um, play a more active role in the experience, the educational experience. And so, I was volunteering at her preschool like two to three days a week. And then another story for another day. Like in Anna fashion, I like looked at the list of roles that they had for parents to participate in the school, and I said, I mean, they're great and they're really important to keep the school functioning. But I knew that I had a gift in like creativity and working with kids and arts and crafts and also helping them, I guess in a way, a different version of staying connected to their intuition. And I knew that teachers also wanted that support, right? To be able to do classroom activities. So I pitched the idea and they accepted it for, for me to create what I called a tinker station. So it was an indoor outdoor preschool. So I set up a tinkering station in their outdoor space and basically it was, we collected things that you would find in like a recycling bin and different odds and ends. And we gave kids almost free reign, right? With like, obviously like the parameters of safety because these are preschoolers. They're three to four, some, some of them five years old at the oldest, right? So they're tiny kids, um, but we gave them free reign to create with these found items. Right, And each day they would come in, it would be a different set of materials. We would rotate materials. And so the premise behind it was for them to stay connected to that natural creativity that they had inside of them. Because as kids, we can naturally create. And as we get older, we tell ourselves stories like, oh, I'm not creative. I don't know what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So for the most part, the kids had it in them. So it was about staying connected to that source of creativity. And yet You're also, for mom. some <laughs> um, also for some of them, you already started to see the starting points of them starting to hear other messages in their head, right? The stories of, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, I'm not creative or, oh, I, I can't possibly create something because what I've already learned is that I make things based on instruction. Someone is going to tell me like the five-step process to put together this Valentine's Day card or whatever, right? And so they've already learned to wait for someone else to tell them how to create something, right? But the whole point of the tinkering station was to re-remind them like, hey, we don't have to wait for the instruction. We can tap into like our own creative well and decide for ourselves based on this like inner hearing and inner guidance, if you will, right? How to create something really cool and neat and fun. And so, um, and then as my daughter started to move from part-time preschool into full-time kindergarten, I started, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. I started to think of like, okay, well, what do I want to do now that both of my kids are going to be in full-time school, right? I also have a son that's two years older than my daughter. And so I really took the idea of the tinkering station and I decided, you know what? I want to do mobile art classes, like a mobile tinkering studio. I want to buy an old school bus. I want to gut it. And then I want to um, renovate it and then teach these mobile art classes around the Bay Area. So I researched, I figured out how can I buy a school bus? What kind of driving permit do I need? What kind of, where are these renovation companies? How much does that cost? What do I need to like, legitly run this business? What permits do I need, et cetera, et cetera. And then I even also another story for another day, manifested like this large sum of money to be able to do the thing only like I couldn't do the thing, right? I was down to the last steps and I was like, I can't do it. And so at the time I just knew that I was stuck and I was like really confused why I was stuck. And I was just like looking back at myself like, okay, what is wrong? Like, why can't, like what's happening here? And then that sort of that started me on this self-discovery journey of trying to figure out what is this thing that's keeping me stuck? What is this thing that's preventing me? Because there aren't any other hurdles in my way. I have all the knowledge. I have all the places I can go to get the bus and renovate, et cetera, et cetera. So what is preventing me from doing the thing? And so um, just one thing led to another resource after resource. I just became aware of different energy healing modalities and different approaches of figuring out what was going on at a subconscious level. Um, And so a lot of what I discovered and what I now offer to clients are tools that I learned for myself in really understanding um, what was behind me being stuck. So I found um, out that some of it was stored emotional energy from a lot of different things, one big thing that I can speak of is that I was in the Philippines in 1991 when Mount Pinatuba erupted, right? So we went through an entire evacuation process um, and then I was uprooted and back in the day, right? This was a very long time ago, like there's no social media. There was only like some families even Many families didn't even have phones in the Philippines. So there's no way of like contacting friends and saying like, how are you going to keep in touch? Right. So you're uprooted from your friends, my family in the Philippines, the place where you're living, your home, and then being evacuated to the States. And so, um, which makes sense that it's such a traumatic experience. And then obviously that's going to impact you. But I was really surprised when it came up through exploring different modalities that there's stuff that was stored from those experiences because it was so long ago that at the time that I would reflect back, it just felt like just facts, right? Oh yeah, I, I evacuated when pinotubo And it wasn't as though like I felt presently felt the emotions from it. Um, but understanding how stored energy works, they were very much still impacting me in different ways today. So that's just one example of the way some things from our past could be stored in our bodies, in our hearts that could still be preventing us from doing, being able to do things that we wanna do today. Um, and so that was really the start of how I discovered the modalities for myself Um, And then how I, which kind of parlayed into how I started to really hone in on my intuition. So through that work of being able to release a lot of this emotional baggage, um, what naturally happened was um, a clearing and a a easier ability for me to hear my intuition. It still came with a lot of practice, um, but I remember sitting in front of the mirror one day and um, I was doing this mirror practice of like looking into my eyes, like really close to the mirror. And then it was like staring into my soul, like literally felt my soul by staring into my eyes in this mirror. And then I heard help people. And I freaked out, right, because I wasn't used to like hearing guidance in that way and it was so I felt it so deeply that I was like whoa what was that and so at first I was thinking okay I know like the way I felt it in my body I knew it had nothing to do with like having an art bus yes that helps people but I'm like oh this help people is like something completely different because I just felt it in an unexplainable way um And then I know because I was so freaked out, my mind was like negotiating. Okay, well, if I'm going to help people, like I still want to do something creative. And um, I think that was like the universe's way of like throwing me a bone was me starting off with energy work by doing um, energy healing crystal necklaces. And so that was like my creative way of like the entering into this offering. Um, and then from there, it was just having it was interesting to have conversations with people who were looking for crystal necklaces and having very raw and vulnerable conversations about what they were moving through. Like, I'm moving through this. Can you recommend a crystal? And realizing, wow, so many people are going through a lot of stuff. And yet, It's not, I don't see it being presented outwardly. Like it's not what's being presented, not in a I'm being fake kind of a way, but in a I don't know who else to talk to about this kind of way.
0: Almost a helplessness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, little slowly, I started to open up to the possibility because I knew there was, because I had been introduced to these modalities that helped me. And like, while I love crystals and they do provide such a beautiful support, I knew that there was a lot of other ways to be able to support folks as well. Um, And so it started out just kind of sharing what other modalities were. Um, But I think just little by little, it was just opening me up to filling that space of being a support for other people and providing those same healing modalities for other people. So.
0: When you heard that voice, did it sound like an actual person in the room? How would you explain that? That helped. No,
1: yeah. So now um, it was help people, something like that.
0: Yeah. Sorry, um,
1: now I recognize that resonance. It's an inner hearing. Right. So it's not like I hear it as though there's someone in the room. It's like I heard it inside of me. Um, and it hits you in a very deep way. So, the best way I can describe it is that it just resonates and it's a deep resonance in your body versus like when you hear stuff in your mind and you rationalize stuff and where you like hear things like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I should go do that thing. It's kind of in here. Right like it makes rational sense. This is like in the depths of me. And so I've since heard different messages along the way that hit me very, very deeply. And now I know, like I'm able to kind of switch from hearing it and just acting right away without allowing, without needing, it's almost like the fear response doesn't kick in anymore. It's almost like, oh, okay, this is like, this is deep guidance. I'm being guided to where I'm supposed to be. um, And so where I'm able to hear that and feel that inner guidance, that inner resonance and know that I'm being called to do something. Um, Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Some people explain, well, some people talk about that as being downloads. Would you say it's like a download or different?
2: Yeah, I, I I'm
1: sure it's similar, um, and I guess I do still sometimes say download from time to time. What I'm also finding, what I also find sometimes, is that sometimes the words lose the meaning the more it's used in different ways, right? And so n- now I feel like. Because download, it's attached to so many different variations of people's definitions that I find that when I say it, it doesn't have maybe the original meaning that I felt in my body. And so now when I say it, like hearing you say it, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to say that word. But I think because of um, the attachments from other people, it's sort of like it shifted the feeling for me, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Do you end up just describing
1: the experience? Yeah, like how it feels. So a lot of it now is like that what I heard, um, the help people was the start of me hearing my intuition. And so now it's I'll more describe it as hearing the voice of my intuition or hearing the voice of my soul or hearing my Inner wisdom, um, and yeah, it feels more like it's coming from within me versus like down, being downloaded. And I don't know, download to me now feels like it's kind of coming from above, down, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yours is more within, yeah, like yeah.
1: from the soul. Got
0: it. Let's talk more about that, Anna. I, I yeah. know um, when we were starting off with this episode, you were talking about, and going over your bio, You've we've talked about uh, different modalities that you studied and worked with, including the emotion code, Akashic records, and Theta healing that you name on your site. Can you explain for our listeners what each of these are and How you've acquired training in these various
1: modalities? Yeah, so they're basically different energy healing modalities. There's some similarities across all of them. Akashic Records does have a slight difference to it, and I'll explain that one last. Um, But Emotion Code was the first modality that I certified in, and it's basically focused on stored emotional energy. Um, the person who developed it, his name is Dr. Brad Nelson, and he was a re- a retired chiropractor. And in his practice, he started to notice how different patients might have the same injury, um, but some will recover a lot faster than others. And I forget exactly like the nuanced story that he told years ago when I first learned it, but he basically discovered that one route to the difference in the duration of somebody's recovery, even though the injury can look the same, was someone's emotional history, right? And so through his own discovery, and I think he actually might call it a download, he downloaded guidance for the modality he developed. And the premise behind it is when we go through really challenging experiences, we have we experience different emotions, right? Challenging emotions could be sadness it could be abandonment could be anger could be um, feeling like we're not enough worthless right so we have these feelings and we experience them as energy right so we feel different sensations in our body as this energy travels through us and it's meant to travel through us and then eventually release and if for whatever reason the emotion doesn't complete its processing response where it goes through and then eventually releases, then there's a potential that we store that energy in our body, right? So one way we do that is we don't even allow ourselves to feel the emotion to begin with, right? So maybe we sense something's happening. Maybe we've had this experience before, a similar experience before and we're like, oh no, 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 I cannot experience this, right? And so we stuff it down or I'm in public, I can't possibly like get emotional in front of people. So we don't allow ourselves to feel the experience. And then if we never return to it and allow ourselves to process it, that energy is stuck there. Maybe we move on, we're no longer thinking about it. So we think we've moved on, but the energy is stuck there in our body. Um, Another way that it might get stuck is we amplify it and we hold on to it, right? Maybe we let ourselves feel sad and mad and abandoned. But then we hold on to the energy in different ways. Like we tell the story to person after person after person, or we tell it to ourselves in our head over and over and over again, right? Those could be different ways that we're holding on to the energy. And so that's another way that old emotional energy can get stored. And so basically the emotion code taps into the subconscious, right? To ask it, okay, what energy am I holding on to? that's contributing to this pattern or that's preventing me from being able to um, do this school bus um, tinkering station. What, what's behind this? Um, and so we use the emotion code to identify what it is and then through pure intention and actually emotion code uses Um, magnets but I've since stopped using magnets as a way to release the energy. You're basically like running a magnet over your head Um, but really if you have a strong enough intention you can do it without a magnet but that's how the emotion code works. Um, Theta healing is another energy healing modality. It could also help with releasing old emotions. It's a lot more broader in scope but um, one thing that it's known for is releasing the energy behind beliefs So much like energy, much like emotions can get stored in our body, so can old beliefs. So if we've stored beliefs that we learned from our parents or just things that we've learned from our own experiences, and maybe those beliefs aren't really supporting who we want to be or the shift that we want to make, then um, Theta Healing helps to identify what some of those beliefs are and then provides a way to release the energy behind those beliefs um akashic records is a little bit different in that most of the time people use it as an information gathering tool but it can also be used as energy healing but from the information gathering it's basically the akashic field it stores everything we've ever said done felt experienced thought of, et cetera, et cetera. There's an energetic imprint of all of those experiences in what's called the Akashic field. And that's in this lifetime and in all of our past lifetimes. So when you do an Akashic records reading, you're basically asking a practitioner to find out what in their Akashic records is contributing to and whatever their answer is, right? So same thing, like I'm stuck in this pattern Can you help me identify what it is that's contributing to that thing? So something in your current lifetime might come up, something in a past lifetime might come up. So that's how it's a little bit different. I also do like to use it as an energy healing space as well. So much in the way that we release energy through the other two tools, you can do the same with Akashic Records. Wow. those are the three modalities.
0: Can you utilize as a practitioner these modalities simultaneously on yourself or do you mainly just use them for your clients while you're
2: practicing?
1: When you say simultaneously for myself, do you mean like as I'm working with clients or if I'm working on just myself, can I use them together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Either like while you're working with clients. I mean, I mean does it ever do you ever experience where when you're working with a client it also trigger a response within you oh yeah and then, you know and then do you
2: go release it for myself too? as
0: well right To work yeah.
1: through
0: it yeah. while you're, <laughs> yeah yeah I'm so curious, sometimes I'll like
1: that. in a very joking joking way but actually I'm like <laughs> I'm sincere about it but I'll say it in a joking way like Release that for me, too. (laughs) Let's release this for the both of us. You know, actually, sometimes like the way I different practitioners will read the records in a different way. Um, The way I read it is through what I just call guides. Right. So guides will come forward. And usually I have my own guides from the Akashic Records and then I have the client's guides there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll get messages from the client's guides. And then I'll hear from my own guide, like almost like this, like internal tap on the shoulder, like you need to listen to this because this also applies to you. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's sometimes what I'll hear. Um, and there's also another like premise within like energy work that things that come to you even if they're being presented as something that the client is, is experiencing, yeah, is something that you yourself are also responsible for. So it's this like idea of taking full responsibility for everything in our world, right? So this client might be suffering from feeling worthless, right? There's this idea of, well, there there might be some, is there something in me that's contributing to this energy in the world. Is there something okay. in me, right? This is coming to my awareness for a reason. So what do I need to heal in myself and release in myself in order to provide a positive impact to how it's affecting this client, right? Wow. Even, yeah. even if I've never had a relationship with this person before, Yeah. right? There's the idea, that idea as well. So I feel like even without the pure intention, that it's my belief that it's just happening naturally, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so again, it's not an intention that I hold always. Sometimes I will say release that for myself, but I believe that um, whichever tool I'm using, right? If I'm meant to also be releasing it, that wherever that power is coming from is also releasing it for myself as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's powerful.
0: Yeah. And we're gonna break soon, but um want, I'm just I wanted to ask this question before the break. Um why do these modalities specifically resonate with you over others? I know in the beginning we were talking about how there's different modalities within the context of energy work and energy mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. Why why these specific ones?
1: You know, and I'll even say emotion code is the one that I reach for time and time again. I don't know if it's mostly because that was the first tool that I learned, right? Um, It's probably a little bit of that, but also that there is such an emotional component to most things that we're stuck in. So that tends to be the one that I reach for time and time again. But I also discovered just like, those are the three that I, and really there's even others that I've also certified in and studied in, Um, but I've also explored a lot of other modalities informally and I really distilled it down to the common thing across all of them is pure intention, right? So some will use magnets, some will use, I don't know, other, other things, right? A certain, um, what they'll call a prayer, right? But it's really like a script with an intention behind it, right? To be able to access um, an energy, a sacredness that's more than you, right? So I'm just a channel. I'm just a vessel, right? So if I hold a pure enough intention, I'm connecting to a higher power, right? Whatever you want to call it, right? And... I set the intention to release whatever that energy is. And so really by discovering um, a lot of the common themes across different modalities, that helped me also just lean into my own knowing, right? So I'll utilize emotion code, um, but a lot of also what I do is intuitive sort of maneuvering through the energy field, right? And downloading, if you will, receiving what else needs to be released. Um, But Emotion Code tends to be the one that I'll start as the foundation. Um, Yeah, and I guess, like I said, it might be that that's what I studied first. It's also very, very simple. Um, And I think that's what opened me up to realizing my own power, which is the power that everybody else also has access to. Does that answer your question, Cheryl?
0: Yeah, totally. Susanna, I feel like I could just keep asking and asking away. We're getting deeper and deeper into the conversation. (laughs) I know. But I want to give our listeners and ourselves a break. So I'm seeing that time is flying. We're already at the first half of our, our segment. Thank you all for joining us for season two of Philippine Exilanus. We're talking with energy healing practitioner Anna Salumbides. Please stand by. Feel free to take a quick stretch, refill your water or tea. We'll be right back after this quick break.
2: come inside the house now. It's outside. You and your sister will get dark. You'll get ugly if you're dark. If you're a kid, you get angry you're Hurry up. Get inside now. They teach me to erase the ground. Subconsciously, I lose my crown. Till I don't even recognize the person that's inside me now. We came from the slums once, now live in the harm drum. In search for the green funds, we never can keep one. My mama on 9-5. They switched to an 8-1. An immigrant family losing our names and our face in the place that we came from. These institutions working, the devil prove he lurking, They shoot a side but first when we play the part in curtains. Open up till we prefer them. till we don't know we hurtin'. till we become a version. I self the slots is rust. So how can I breathe in the stand of the free? When people ain't free, when the freedom ain't free in the mirror then all that I see is the version of me that they want me to be plus all of these sides they adapted to see I'll never be what they want me to be the devil's so working he looking like me can you tell me my word then I'll tell you the feet. till I fall on my knees and I'm feeling defeat and so give me your reason the image they feed to the force that I read because we part of the sea can you part of my speech and the accent I speak I'm white in my skin because it's all that I see no image of me represented to be myself so I'm looking for ways I could be exactly like people they teach me to be be, be, be. Welcome back to
0: Philippine Exit and Wellness. You were just listening to the first part of Brownout by Ruby Ibarra off of her album Circa 91. You can help Ruby by following her on Instagram at Ruby Ibarra, all one word. She is an MC, songwriter, director, and co founder of the At Tonight Rising Scholarship, also launched in the Bay Area. You can find her music on Bandcamp. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music and the Beatrock Music website, uh, beatrockmusic.com. Her double vinyl red LP Circa 91 album is now sold out on the Beatrock Music website. Congratulations to Ruby and Beatrock Music for the success on this limited edition run. You can also access Ruby's official website, rubyibara.com, located in her Instagram bio. Shout out to our Philippine ex-musicians out there laying down the tracks always. Returning from our break, we've been talking with Anna Salambides about leveraging energy healing and intuition. Anna, we've spent the first half talking about your personal journey, your origin story, and defining the different modalities that you use in your practice. <coughs> On Instagram, I noticed that you talked about tapping into one's inner wisdom and guidance. What role does this
1: play in your current work? Yeah, I think it plays a very significant role in my work. Um, when I started providing services for folks, it was mostly under energy healing. So it was using those modalities to help folks release energy with me being the facilitator, right? And and connecting with their intuition and hearing from their, uh, connecting with their subconscious and hearing from their subconscious what energies need to be released. Um, I believe that helping folks hear their own intuition is um, a really significant part of the work that I do now. And I think it's supposed to be my most important work. Um, And as you've heard from the first part of the interview, Um, I'm very much a feeler. And so what I keep feeling underneath the messages that I get is all pointing towards helping folks hear themselves again, Um, especially people of color. I think it's so important to our well-being. I believe that the disconnection to our voice, to our intuition is at the root of, is at the root of if um, at least partially to most, if not all of our personal and collective challenges, right? Not hearing ourselves. Instead of hearing ourselves, we're hearing everyone else. And what's happening is we're making choices and taking action from that place. Um, And I think that's why the work is so important because when we can learn, when we aren't doing what our soul is guiding us to do, it creates a sense of disconnection and we start to just veer off track, right? The track that we're meant to be on. um, We're we're unable to do our greatest work. We are unable to see the biggest, the greatest version of ourselves. Um, When we're disconnected from that inner voice, we start to water ourselves down, we make ourselves small. We start to listen to those voices in our head that create the fear. And then we take these actions that keep us in like, I'm using air quotes, like in our place, right? Um, And that place that we're getting stuck in is someone else created that, right? It's based on all these other voices. Um, And yet we have so much to offer, right? We talk to people in our communities and there's so much they wanna do in this world. Um, And so I feel like when we can learn to hear ourselves again, to hear the voice of our soul, that deep voice that I've described for myself, right? That lives in our heart, in our body, in our gut. Um, When we can hear it again, it is whispering step by step by step what we can do in order to do that greatest work, to be that fullest version of ourselves, to express ourselves fully, um, and to get us unstuck, right? Um, Oftentimes, we're going to the voices in our mind, the collection of voices we've learned to analyze and try to sift through and try to figure out what to do. But a lot of that is cluttered with everyone else's advice and voices, right? Whether they're current voices or voices stored from our past. And so, when we can hear the inner guidance, it's really um, helping us on the journey that we're supposed to be on. So, all the everything that we're searching for. that inner voice that intuition is really there to provide the answers and it's always there and it's just a matter of listening for that voice
0: I was just thinking your, your children must be really lucky that you do this work I'm imagining how you also guide them in your parenting
1: yeah part of me is like um, there's like little things that I have picked up along the way. I'll, I'll I'll share one quick little story, and it, it's more from the, the, the examples, like more through from pain, right? So my daughter, for example, like you know, as a kid and even as adults, like we go through random, like we fall, we hurt ourselves or whatever, right? And so I've learned this like amazing trick. It is so fascinating, but it gives you a clue into how this all works, right? So she'll come come in. And she's like screaming, like, cause so it, some part of her body hurts, right? And she's in a panic and her whole body is like, ah! And I'm sure, right? It's true pain. And what I've asked her, what I'll ask her immediately, well, a series of questions. One is like, okay, what's, what's going on? What hurts? I stubbed my toe. Okay. Um, is that where the pain is? Yes. Okay, do you feel it in anywhere else in your body? No, Start, the pain starts to soften. Is there pain in your head? As soon as I ask that, like 90% of the screaming is gone. The tension in our body goes away. It's that reminder, oh, there's a panic voice in my head that's sending signals throughout my entire body that's telling my whole body it's in pain and it's in panic and we have to brace ourselves, whatever. It's that just automatic response. And as soon as I remind her, Hey, your head, your brain is doing that. Everything kind of melts away. And then we can get to, okay, let's figure out what's happening with your toe. Let's let your body send all the signals it needs to to the toe so that it can heal the toe and we can figure out what's going on but let's not let your mind send panic to the rest of your body because the rest of your body is okay. And then it's like complete turnaround and it happens within like a minute maybe. Right. But it goes to show like how the competing voice in the mind could be really, really loud. It, it prevents us from hearing the other signals in our body Right. And so, I mean, that's a very specific example of like someone going through a painful physical experience. But you can kind of take that premise and really apply it to other areas where it's hard for us to hear a calm, peaceful wisdom when the mind is sending like conflicting messages. And oftentimes we learn to respond to this instead of like learning to quiet these voices so that we can hear in our. Heart. Sorry, I was like pointing, and I know this is going to be audio, so we learn to hear our head instead of learning to hear the messages in our body in our heart.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Parents take some wisdom from Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you could use that in so many situations. As you were providing that story, I mean, I could even imagine people applying this at at almost end of life, or even yeah. you know when they're they're that was really powerful. Just being able to hone in on where that's coming from and then being able to really focus on the healing of, of in your in this case, your daughter's toe, you know? So yeah. yeah, I really appreciate that story. Thank you for sharing.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that landed for you.
0: Yeah. Now let's talk about how I know you, Anna. Yeah. Um, in, the, so in the summer of 2020... I was fortunate to to have participated in one of your offerings, Rewriting Your Adventure, and it came at an opportune time. It was like four months after my own father had transitioned. We were in the middle of quarantining at home, pretty intense time, and all these personal and past traumas were, were surfacing for not just me, but for so many of us. Participating in Rewriting Your Adventure, for me, was transformative, And helpful in my own healing journey.
1: And for that, I I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for sharing that and inviting me to be part of that part of your journey. And especially with what you were moving through at the time. Um, Can I ask you what was transformative and helpful in particular from that program?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny, I'm always interviewing folks in episodes, but no one ever asks me questions back. So, this is actually the first time that someone's asking me a question. And I, I have to switch roles and really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's helpful to, to listen to you talk through the episode because it also recalls some of those moments in rewriting your adventure. Mm-hmm. And some of the modalities that you, you might have used when we were doing that, I know in uh, some when whenever anyone loses a parent or someone really close to them, you all might know that it really uproots you from a lot of things. Like it almost kind of feels like when that person is gone or really that you've been connected to or was really valuable to you, you you go through this interesting reset. For me, I felt like I went through a reset. And everything that I I connected with and was a part of my identity, it came to the surface, whether it was uh, mm-hmm. positive or, neg- or challenging or negative, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I did Rewriting Your Adventure, it, it was really rewriting, I felt like, the schema of my life trajectory from that mm-hmm. point moving forward. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, my father, who was a big part of my identity and my life, w- really formed who I was as a person, how I saw the world. And not only that, but even the people that remained behind, my other family members. And so I had to really think, now, what is this next chapter of my life going to look like? And it was just, it felt like almost divine timing or just uh, alignment that your rewriting your adventure came up at this particular time because mm-hmm. I really felt like I was at a crossroads and having to determine what this next chapter would look like without him and so there was a lot uh, that I wanted to move through during that time including things that I had been wanting to let go of for a while which was based on intergenerational trauma. And we talk mm-hmm. a lot about that in our episodes in Philippine X and Wellness, because I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing that really inflicts not only our community, but many communities of, of, of color. Um, even like non-communities of color, even if we talk about like the Jewish experience, there's so much intergenerational trauma there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and so that I knew that that was coming to the surface a lot too when we were moving through just the planning and what comes after um, the affairs, the state, just so many, without going into like details, there were just so many facets of that 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 surfaced and things that I just felt like I didn't want to align with anymore. And so I, I, I felt like going through your rewriting, your adventure really helped me to kind of almost reprogram and relook at who is, who am I underneath all of this? Like you said, there's like those external voices that provide you guidance. And for me, that was like guidance for the some, something, you know, number of age I am <laughs> part of my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was um, serving me in some ways, but also crippling me in others.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and many times in, in different aspects, I, I not only saw it crippling my personal decisions, my personal life. I even saw it in other facets of like my professional professional career, my friendships, my intimate relationships. And I just wanted to figure out how to disentangle from all of that or extinguish it. And so I think, and I, I can't thank you enough for having gone through that period or this chapter with you and being able to figure out who that person was underneath those messages and like, what, how am I going to live now my life in this next chapter? Mm. So... In short, I, I want to say that I've gotten better about boundaries. Um, I've been able to hold boundaries around toxic people, whether it's been in my my personal life, my family, my friendships, um and even work. Um, and I've been also better about discerning toxicity and trauma when it's coming externally. Mm-hmm. being able to say, mm, no, you're not going to um, come my way this time. Like, I see you. I can, like, take a step back and say, like, I see that you're coming. Um, I'm, I'm not going to participate in this game. I'm going to keep you at bay because it's not aligning with where I'm wanting to move forward now in this next chapter. And fortunately, part of this podcast came forth from that. From being able to really identify, you, um, you know, also with like certain other loss in my life, compounded loss that happened since my father, but just from being able to identify what is this next purpose that I need to serve in, in this next chapter of my life? You know, how do I want to go about leaving a legacy? I don't have children, you know, for for other people, aside from having children. and what what is it that I need to do? And and similarly, I'm glad that you shared your story about um, helping others because that came forth to me in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. I had a after my father passed, I had a, a close friend. We talked about her in a, a an episode that wasn't recorded, but Soraya Medina, who made a really big impact in the community in like the east um, side of Los Angeles, and there was a huge loss after she had transitioned and around that time I also kind of was like Soraya what are we going to do without you you know you made such mm. a big impact and now there's this void without you here but I also had this occurrence that happened where I I almost felt like she spoke back to me and said what mm. do you mean you know it's your turn now mm. it's it's your turn to take the reins you you know there was a reason why we were in each other's lives and now you have a legacy to live so get to it you know and this is one of the ways and reasons how this whole podcast came forth one of one of the instrumental pivotal moments came from that so these are just some of the many ways I want to say that you rewriting your adventure had transformed me, Anna. And I'm mm-hmm. going to follow suit. Did I answer
1: your question? <laughs> you did. And thank you for sharing all that. And um, especially in turning the, the chairs on you yeah. <laughs> and prompting a question back to you. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it was helpful to hear and be able to sort of like relive that experience with you um and it's interesting to see what was birthed from that experience and it's almost like what's birthed is like this conversation too right yeah that you're it's, now a yeah. part of <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. kind of interesting like I don't know if full circle is the right word for it yeah. but um yeah and, and it sounds like a lot of um I think that's like a common thing for folks, right? It's like the untangling of our stories, bringing awareness in order to be able to untangle from the stories that probably once served us, right? They weren't always things that we needed to let go of from the beginning, right? But an identity that maybe served us in the beginning that needed some rewriting in order to help forge the new chapter, right? To be able to birth this Podcast to be able to birth other things that come from that next chapter in life. So thank you again for sharing that.
0: Of course, it's like being like that that whole transformative metamorphosis process from a caterpillar to a butterfly, right? Where when you live a caterpillar existence, you're living within that realm of what you know to be true to yourself, and it serves its purpose for that moment in time. But at some point when you cocoon and go through that internal process, right? You also shed those things that no longer serve you. And it's necessary in order to transform into a a butterfly what you're meant to be. And when you step back and really identify elements, for me, when I step back and identify elements of who I was when I, I was that caterpillar, and I no longer relate to it, it's also easier for me to not participate in that and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't participate in this um, anymore because I don't relate to the caterpillar anymore. I, I'm, I'm a different person now. I'm a different, I'm, I'm now a, a butterfly meant to do other things. So it's also easier to just step away and say, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm going to, go this route and fly this way because I have wings now you know I'm not meant to crawl anymore I'm meant to fly
1: what a beautiful way to describe it
0: <laughs> Hey, but let's get back to you <laughs> and being time, <laughs> I'm like okay that's enough of like self talk <laughs> <But laughs> just kidding but I, I really want more people to to see um, more of you Anna and really um, being that this is Philippine X and wellness, how do you see your practice being um, beneficial within the Philippine X diaspora? Also taking into consideration that you are also serving the global community.
1: Yeah, and we started to talk about energetic entanglements. It's a word that I, I commonly use in my line of work. So we have a lot of what I call energetic entanglements in the community, right? And, and all communities have different variations of those entanglements, but for our community in particular, and while I share some examples, I also do want to honor that there are nuanced lived experiences for some folks that might not fit some of the stereotypical things that we often talk about in our community, right? So I wanna honor that, Um, but just from a place of being able to provide some examples, um, like one is most of us, we've learned to listen to and make choices One example of listening to and making choices based on voices other than our own, the most obvious and relatable example is the one that we tell over and over and over, which is um, our parent, a lot of people's parents saying, oh, you should go and become a nurse. Right. And so and so for me, I had a mom who actually went back to school to become a nurse. But I remember before and that was when I was in six grade I think is when she started but prior to that I recall the time where she was actually promoting which now I'm like wow I was only in middle school she was already planting those seeds to become a physical therapist because that was the occupation at least in my household until it became nursing right but that's an obvious and relatable example of us learning to hear the voice of our parents and making decisions from that voice right yeah Um, And so for other families, it might be a different mix of occupations that maybe they were influenced to get into, right, from a career perspective. And Mm -hmm. so um, and the other thing is sometimes we make choices based on um, a collection of voices that we heard as kids that taught us certain themes. And what I mean by that is like the importance of fitting in and not sticking out the importance of being liked and to avoid being disliked. Um, I know in my house, it was like serving the males in the family, taking on that very like gender specific role of like the women serving the men, right? And so I remember when I first started dating, when I first like brought home my now husband um at the time it was like these hints of like oh go serve him and maybe i would have wanted to go grab him a glass of water he's in our house but i think i auto, i always had this automatic almost like allergic reaction to <laughs> i don't i don't want to do it just because that's what's expected right i want it to i want my actions to come from me right right especially because the intention behind the instruction I wasn't really a fan of where that was coming from either. But That's just another example of like, potentially being influenced by this collection of voices of like the way you should show up in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so for some of us, we learn to make choices and take action from the collection of those types of voices that may fit a certain theme. And I think over time, those are the reasons why in listening to those types of voices, we find ourselves in those types of patterns Right. So if I was hearing the voices where, okay, I'm supposed to fit in, right, in order to get a good job, get a promotion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then I may continue to make choices in order to fit into this corporate structure, right, and fit in the corporate norm. And I'm going to ignore the other voices that I have inside of me that might be telling me, hey, you should speak up and say X, Y, Z. But then the voice up here is like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to stick out. No one else is doing that, right? Yeah. So we learn to ignore that voice because of the collection of the old voices up here. So um, so yeah, and I think that's really why I think the work is important in serving our community in particular is to connect us back to our own wisdom and our own guidance um, and make pl- make choices and decisions from that place. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's, oh my gosh, I could take this into a totally other direction, but I'm (laughs) going to leave it at that. (laughs) Thank you. Well, for members of our community, Anna, that are looking into energy coaching with you, what are the components of this? How would they set this up with you? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, I would say the best way to do it is to especially if you're new to me is to set up a what I call a clarity call. Um, And the reason why I'm suggesting that is so that we can hop on a call and at least like get to know one another. Right. Being like I do it over Zoom. So at least we can see each other face to face um, and kind of talk through the type of support that someone might be looking for just to make sure that it's the right fit. Um, there, I also have some information on my website at com, and I think like, it's forward slash coaching. Um, okay. And then that just gives you information about how the coaching container works. I mm-hmm. also have an upcoming group program that's going to start, I think, probably around March, and that's going to be focused on learning to hear your intuition Um, And both containers really start off with hearing the intuition. So even the one-on-one coaching support starts off with honing in on um, your inner voice. Mm -hmm. And um, the difference with the group program is that you'll have a small community to be able to journey through that experience with. Um, And for other folks that might be interested in learning to connect with their intuition, maybe on their own, I do have a free um, intuition Um, writing meditation that you can get for free there's a link um, and a form to fill out on my website or you can also dm me there's also it's also linked on my instagram as well Um, and that's basically a meditation that I created at first for one-on-one clients but I wanted to make it available for other folks and basically it helps to just quiet the voices in our head to be able to hear the voice within Mm -hmm. and start to get guidance from it
0: Right. Other than the clarity call um, and the uh, March group session, do you have any other upcoming events or classes that you want to share?
1: Um, not at the moment. But follow me on Instagram, and I know I'll probably be able to share that in a little bit. But follow me on Instagram. You can also hop on my um, email list, and I'll be announcing some information regarding other offerings soon. Okay.
0: And being that we have listeners that are listening in from other regions globally, are there other practitioners that are doing similar work that you'd like to either shout out or recommend?
1: Yeah, if I name who they are, Cheryl, would there be a way to share, like, somehow their Instagram handles?
0: Yeah, we could definitely um, share that in, in the Insta stories. Okay. As people are, yeah.
1: Okay. so for sure i think she's on sabbatical right now but for sure follow tiffany de leon um, a very close family friend she's also an amazing reiki master and teacher so she uses the modality of reiki to do her energy work and she does it in person or when she did do them before her sabbatical she did them in person in her home studio i believe oh. and she also teaches reiki classes so for those that are interested in learning how to do Reiki as their energy healing modality. She's offered that several times in the past. Um, And then I don't know where she's at in terms of her sabbatical, but follow her. um, And I'm sure she'll be doing her announcements there. But that's Tiffany DeLeon.
0: Tiffany does her stuff in person. Um, Where's Tiffany based?
1: She is now in Long Beach.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And then Lynn Pacific Car. Yeah. Long Beach, California. And then Lynn Pacific I know you talk about her. You've talked about yeah. her in the past. Was she on the I, I know I've heard you talk about her in yeah, the past. Yes. So Lynn
0: Lynn has been on our our podcast via Clubhouse, but I'm happy okay. to share that she's we're also planning to bring her back this year.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. So Lynn Pacificara of I Am Herbalaria, she has her product line. And then she also holds beautiful group programs that I haven't been a part of, but they sound so nourishing and supportive. And I'm just a big fan of um, the space that she holds and her energy in general. She's such a good soul. Yeah, um,
0: shout out
1: Lynn Pacifica or <laughs> Yeah. And then um, for Zana Nayani, she wears a lot of different hats. I know she's a business and life coach and a DEI consultant, but she also is an intuitive healer. And I know at least once she has done a group program within that realm. So I don't know where she's at in like future offerings, but she's a good follow. And then a former client of mine, her name is Belle Cruz of Life Button. She does distance e, so you'd be able to do that um, on Zoom as well, I believe. Um, and then she's based in the Philippines, but um, she does work with, she does work um, virtually as well.
0: Sweet. The other person that you had mentioned, um, between Lynn, who's based in Los Angeles, or Valara is based in Los Angeles, and your, and your friend in the Philippines, um, where is that person
1: based? Uh Farzana? Yes. For Zana Nayani, I believe she's in SoCal somewhere, but I don't know specifically what city. So Southern California. Okay. Okay.
0: And again, we'll share with for our listeners, we'll share their information and ta- make sure to tag them um, in our Insta stories. So look look out for that as you're listening to this episode. They'll also live in our highlights so you can access um, them mm-hmm. through our highlights as well. Yeah. And, before we close we always like to ask our guests this is a wellness podcast uh, what are your own wellness practices um, what do you do on it for self-care that m- may be inspirational but for, for others listening I know you mentioned your wife a mother curious to know how do you make time for your own wellness and what do you do
1: yeah I definitely create t- time for my wellness <laughs> um I was only going to name one thing, but I, I, as I was prepping, I was like, you know, I'm going to name three things. So number one, for sure, if I can't do anything else is sleep. So I always make sure I get at least eight hours of sleep at night on average. Um, and if there are nights that I can't get the eight hours, then I make sure that I make up for it in the day or days to come. Um, number two is space. So a lot of white space on my calendar Time alone, meeting social media, detoxing from consuming other voices, even if they're positive voices. Like I, ha- I listen to a lot of great podcasts, but I can tell when my mind feels just very noisy and crowded. So then I'll just do a detox just from hearing voices and just be in silence. Um, and then number three is time in nature. So just immersing myself in natural spaces and letting nature really support me. Um, in the ways that it can. I sleep,
0: silence, and nature. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> I can relate. Now, as we begins to close, you were starting to talk about this. How can our listeners find you if they have additional questions?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm most active on Instagram and it's, at Anna A-N-N-A-S-A-L-U-M-B-I-D-E-S. And um, I'm also more recently have been semi-active in my email um, newsletter. So you can also sign up for my newsletter and you can find a link to sign up for it on Instagram as well. Or you can hop and hop on it through my website as well. So AnnaSalambides.com is my website.
0: Thank you, Anna. Thank I feel like sure. I could have kept going on and you know really exploring things, but I think we're gonna leave that to your future clients to just hook up a, a clarity call with you. Love and it. really see what you're about. Uh, we really appreciate your time for talking to our community about leveraging energy and intuition. We're so honored to have featured you on our podcast for our community to be acquainted with your offerings. We're also excited to witness how your journey continues to unfold and are here to support you as your Philippine Ex and wellness family.
2: Thank you.
0: Oh, you're welcome. And to our listeners, look out for our next episode. We'll be featuring Dr. David Richard of Integrative Native. Natural Health, a California licensed naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist. This final episode of season two will be aired on our Wellness Wednesdays on March 15th. So excited to announce that we are reaching the end of two years of our podcast in motion. As we close, we'd like to say thank you to our guest speaker, Anna Solomides, our social media strategist, Kathleen Torio; our designer, Richie, Ruby Ibarra or Ibara for our consent to use your track, "Brownout" that you heard during our break. Our advisors, Alison De La Cruz, Rianda Los Reyes and Safo Cialogo. Our community partners is Filipino American Life, SoCal Filipinos and Trek Table and all of our community members for your shares and support. As always, we'll share more about our guest speakers' offerings on our Instagram stories and highlights for permanent access with any of their upcoming events. Be sure to follow us at Philippine X and Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and on Twitter at Philippine X, the letter N, well, followed by the letters N and F. Don't forget to continue to hit the subscribe button on our Philippine X and Wellness YouTube channel. Thank you all for always believing in us. Be well, everyone. Continue to take care of yourself and each other. Daghang salamat.
1: Maraming salamat. Yeah! Yeah!